darkness. The sounds of a summer barbecue, a backyard pool party. Children squeal and splash. Adults chat around the grill. As these sounds continue, we fade in on exterior backyard day. A static shot of an empty backyard. A tranquil, sunny expanse of grass overlooking the Hollywood Hills. A soft breeze rustles through the trees. A sliver of patio in the foreground hints at a pool. There are no people present. Just the sound of a party from some time ago, strained through someone's memory. Snippets of conversation, of laughter and gossip. Meat sizzles as it's thrown around the grill. All of the sound abruptly ends in a ringing silence. But the shot continues in silence. The peaceful, empty yard, evening sun, throwing long shadows. Above Los Angeles, dusk. The sun is already set. Color fades from the landscape as the sky grows dim. The hills become an ominous, dark outline. Sounds mixed together, low, barely audible. Broken transmissions, strange animal cries, quiet voices. Things that creep into the sky, both human and inhuman. Organic and mechanical. We move down through the haze to find headlights winding up through Coldwater Canyon into the Hollywood Hills. The lights turn onto a narrow, twisting road. In the car, a young man, Will, 30s, drives in silence. We linger on his face as he concentrates on the road. Behind his placid expression, we can see something pulling at him. There's a haunted quality to his eyes. Exterior Hollywood Hills, same. The car continues its purposeful climb, drawn into the darkening tangle of streets, the orange-blue haze of dusk giving way to blackness. In the car. A long moment on Will's face, his eyes. The only sound is that of the engine, muffled by the closed windows. It's claustrophobic. Will. The voice is jolting. We wind to see that this whole time someone has been next to him. Kira, 30s, is capable and watchful. There's quiet familiarity between them, a resigned tension. Will looks over. I asked you if you were okay. Sorry. He shakes his head a little bit, ridding himself of a thought. I'm back. He smiles, turns back to the road. Kira looks at him. We don't have to do this. We can just go home. No, that's okay. It's just going to have to be okay. If it feels like too much being in that house again, I'll be fine. They drive in silence. Kira looks down at the invitation she's holding. Close on it. A stately party invitation. A bit formal, but stylish. Celebrate with David and Eden. Who's going to be there tonight? Tommy and Miguel. Everybody else you'll meet. All my old friends. I guess that's the point. Getting everybody back together. 
Kira turns the invitation over in her hands. This thing is so... thick. Official. Maybe they're overcompensating. Tough to just call people up after two years. Nobody's seen her? No. Jesus. I mean, I ran into her once. I saw her and David going into the supermarket together. I couldn't deal. I just sat in the car until they left. A little bit after that, I heard she just disappeared. They met in that grief group? Yeah, while we were still married. She loved it. I couldn't stand it. Somebody's bawling while you feel fine. Somebody's passing out cookies while you're coming apart. It just made me angry. You needed an anger group to deal with the grief group. I didn't want anyone's help. It's okay to need someone's help sometimes. This could open into something more. It doesn't. You could've put odds on our divorce, I guess. People don't think like that. Yes, they do. He shakes his head. The thing she did right after it happened, Kira, it was fucking terrifying. I thought she was gonna die too. Will looks over at her, taps the invitation. Though this is just the kind of thing she'd... Suddenly a flash. In the headlights, an animal darts in front of them. A flash of fur and teeth. No time to react. A sickening thud as Will slams on the brakes. Splaying limbs twist through the beams of light. The invitation flies off Kira's lap and onto the floor. The car screeches to an abrupt halt. Jesus. What was it? I don't know. Animal. Stay here. Exterior road, dusk. The car sits, idling. Will gets out, moves toward the front of the car. The hazard lights blink. Will's point of view. We slowly round the corner of the car, closing in. A glimpse of an animal's leg. On Will, as he sees what it is, he recoils. On the ground in front of the car, a twisted shape. A mangled coyote. It's in its death throes. Its cry is a raspy gurgle. One bent leg twitches involuntarily. The sound of a car door opening. Don't come up here. Will walks to the trunk. He reaches in and pulls out a tire iron. Closing the trunk, he sees Kira standing over the coyote, staring at it. He walks toward the front of the car, puts a hand on her shoulder. What are you going to do? We can't leave it like this. We can call someone the city. Just go back to the car, okay? She looks down, sees the tire iron. She knows what's coming. Heads back to the car. Will looks down at the bloody dying animal. Through the windshield. Kira watches as Will lifts the tire iron and brings it down on the coyote, which is obscured by the hood of the car. Even in the car, the impact is audible. She flinches at the sound. He strikes it again. Again. In front of the car. Will drops the tire iron. He looks down at what he's done. Then, stealing himself, he grabs the dead animal by its feet and drags it to the side of the road. Interior car, continuous. Kira watches as Will comes around the front of the car and gets inside. 
They sit there for a moment. Will is a little out of breath. Kira looks at him, then forward, shocked. She puts a hand on his arm. Will, both hands on the wheel, doesn't answer. Finally, how the fuck can she go back to that house? People deal with things in different ways. She's trying, and I'm not. You said that, not me. Maybe she wants to let people in. Maybe she wants to make some new good memories in that place. I don't think things work that way. Exterior road. Dusk. The car moves up the narrow road in the hills. Headlights glinting off parked cars. Everything seems precarious, somehow. Dark and twisted. They drive past lines of parked cars, closely packed on the side of the road. Just a glimpse, unseen to Will and Kira, in one of the nearly identical BMWs, a man is sitting there, still and waiting. They continue up the street, pulling up to the house and stopping behind three other cars. The house above is a modernist masterpiece, hanging off the side of the hill, sprawling, beautiful, a classic. Will cuts the engine. This was your house? A lot of money in Eden's family. No kidding. Wasn't ever mine. Exterior driveway, continuous. As they walk up the driveway, Will stops. The house, glowing from within, has an obvious hold on him, a power over him. Kira unconsciously makes a move to take his hand, but stops herself. They walk up the steps to the house. Exterior porch continues. Conversation spills out from inside. The door is ajar. A flash. Will's point of view. The same house, years ago. A young boy is visible in the window, doing a puzzle on a low table. Back in the present. Will pushes the door open. The people in the house turn to look at Will and Kira. We play across the guests' faces for a long moment. Men and women in their 30s, Will's friends. They smile, apprehensive. No one seems to know where to start. Finally, a woman breaks the spell, stepping toward Will and Kira. Gina, a lively presence, a quintessential Eastsider. You're here, fucking A, I win. Was there a betting pool? Tommy, strong, mischievous, comes forward and kisses her. His partner, Miguel, stands back a little, smiling. For entertainment purposes only. Gina acknowledges Kira, smiling. I'm Gina, we met once a ways back, right? Oh yeah, right. Hi, nice to meet you. Kira, you are looking so hot right now, I can't believe it. Will you please bear a child for us? We're not kidding. Tommy, impregnate. She laughs. <laughs> so I see you two are having all kinds of problems getting along. Another eight years of this is about all I can take. Then he can marry me or leave. You hear that? Tommy puts an arm around Will's shoulder. You look good, Will. You've shed that dirty dish rag vibe that has so concerned me. I look like a dirty dish rag. Looked like. Seemed. Were. Tommy leads him, arms still around his shoulder, into the sunken living room where Claire, intellectual and a bit awkward, sits next to Ben, a wry, vaguely stoned guy splayed on the couch. Claire gets up, hugging Will. Is this Kira? That's me. Without getting up, Ben nods to Kira. 
and extends his hand to Will in mock formality. Hello, Kira. Hi, Will. I'm Ben. You remember me? We drove a thriving business into the ground together. It never thrived. It thrived like a motherfucker for three months, and you know it. Sorry we're late. Gina's eyes widen a bit, conspiratorially. It's been an interesting half hour. Will tilts his head inquisitively. You'll see. Where's Troy? I don't know. Late as usual. Can't get any reception up here either. Is Eden... A voice from the hallway. I'm here. Will turns towards his ex-wife's voice. As we see Eden, she is intimidatingly beautiful. She walks across the room toward them with a grace that's almost ethereal. She practically floats across the room. Kira can't help but be struck by the sight of her. Her eyes flicker to Will. This is your ex-wife? He steps forward to meet Eden. Eden hugs Will for a long time, finally pulling back. Let me look at you, Will. She peruses him, arms draped over his shoulders, her face calm and beatific, her eyes searching his. Hmm. Her manner seems very strange to him. He's taken aback. I miss you. Me too. House doesn't look very different, does it? No, not really. We're so glad you're here. We notice something on Will's face, a tiny spot, a smudge. We realize it's a bit of the coyote's blood. Eden notices it too, and smiling, wets her finger and wipes the fleck of blood off Will's face. You're a mess. And you're Kira? Hi, I... Thanks for having me. Eden turns and beckons a very fit, very good-looking man. He comes towards them, eyes shining with powerful life, a strong focus. He wears a distinctive leather bracelet on his wrist. You remember David? Of course, sure. A flash, David sitting in a therapy group, a stark circle, the greenish industrial light of a rec center. Colliding shots, he's crying. Composed, head in his hands, Will and Eden watching him. Will's arm is around Eden's shoulders, David looking up, meeting Eden's eyes, a wreck. David moves past Will's offered handshake, straight in for a hug. Very glad to see you. Really glad, man. Hey, how are you? Brilliant. We have so much to talk about. We have so much to celebrate together tonight. He reaches over to Kira, pulling her out of her conversation and hugging her close as well. Okay. Beautiful. Welcome. What can I get you to drink? He turns toward the bar where many bottles have been set out. Tommy leans toward Will. I'd go with the wine. It's an 85 Rothschild. Gina has overheard this. Are you shitting me? What does that mean? Tommy and Miguel look at him with pity. Oh, Will. Isn't he sad? Gina leans in. It's like $8 million a bottle, Cromag. David starts to pour the wine. Please, $6 million. This night is special. We shouldn't put off enjoying what we have. Since everybody's here, except Choi... Fucking Choi. People laugh, a well-worn joke in this group. Will sits down on the edge of the couch, away from the others. Fucking Choi. Right, well, we'll just have to start without him. He raises his glass, gaining everyone's attention. Just a few words. This is a reunion. You've been away a long time, and you're all very special to Eden, and that means you're all very special to me. Everyone's attention is on David, but something else catches Will's eye. 
a movement in the darkened side hallway. Someone is standing there watching them. It's a girl, maybe 21 or 22, wearing only a tight t-shirt naked from the waist down. Sleepy-eyed, she stares directly at Will, a weird smile on her face. We invited you here because we love you and we've missed you. We're all on a journey and we should be on it together. Will's eyes are fixed on her. She slowly breaks eye contact and drifts away into another room. This dinner is the start of that. We wanted to open the house again. To give it and us a new start. Everyone toasts, savoring the wine. Hey, save a glass for me. The girl, now dressed, slinks out of the hall and up to David, who laughs as she grabs at his glass, kissing at his neck. Looks from Kira to Ben to Tommy. Who is this? There's something unsettling about her energy, skittish, an abused animal. On her wrist, the distinctive leather bracelet. Sadie, meet my friends. Hi. She laughs uncomfortably. Hi, Sadie, I'm Ben. So, uh, how do you guys know each other? Um, friends in common, I guess? We met in Mexico. Sadie's staying with us for a while, just helping out. Yeah, it's fun. We have fun. I hope you don't mind me crashing the party. It's awesome. She looks at Will almost conspiratorially. They've just told me so much about you. She trails off, still looking directly at Will. Ben clears his throat. Kira breaks the increasingly uncomfortable silence. We hit an animal on the way up here. It's not... It just came out of nowhere. There was nothing we could do. It was just in horrible shape. It was making this sound. Everybody looks at Will. How did you not tell us this? Like, immediately? We had to kill it. It was suffering. You killed it? With, like, a tire iron. I don't know how you did it, man. That's pretty butch. You did a good thing. It was mercy. Good. Will looks around, a little disturbed. He lands on Eden. She's just staring at him, serenely. You mind if I look around? Of course not. Will goes alone to the kitchen. Interior kitchen. Dusk. Will leans against the sink, breathing for a second. Only now do we see how shaken he is. He pours a glass of water for himself. As the water runs into the glass, a flash. Years ago in the same kitchen, Will enters. Eden turned away at the sink, sobbing, something in her hands. Eden? She doesn't answer. But at the sound of Will's voice, her movements become hurried. A glimpse of a knife. Will is on her as she slices open her wrist. Eden! Blood showers the sink as Will struggles to wrest the knife from her. Eden is hysterical, desperately trying to cut her other wrist. Her blood on him, her tortured wail rising. Suddenly, someone right behind him. A hand around his waist. Will! Startled, Will drops his glass. It rattles in the sink, but doesn't break. Christ. 
he turns to see Eden smiling at him. Sorry, you scared me. No harm done. You're very handsome tonight. You're shining. And Kira, you're both really beautiful. She moves to a high cabinet, reaching for some glasses. Could you help me? He comes to her, reaching up. These bars on the windows are new. Oh, I don't know. I was alone here for a while. Security, that's safer. As Eden reaches up for another glass, Will notices a leather bracelet on her wrist. The same one David and Sadie wear. That's nice. She looks confused, then touches the bracelet, self-conscious for a second. Oh, thanks. We got them in Mexico. Is that where you were for the last two years? Some of the time? Were you worried about me? Did you think about me? Yeah, I did. She nods, looking intently into his eyes. I've never been better. I'm fantastic. You don't have to worry about me anymore. Will studies her. It's not hard for you to be in this house again? Not at all. And it doesn't have to be. That's what's so incredible. You look different. I am different. I'm free. It's over. All this useless pain. It's gone. What are you talking about? It's something anyone can have, and I want you to have it too. Ben enters, interrupting this. Eden looks hot. I'm allowed to say that, right? We're all consenting adults. Ben wraps around her, giving her a big kiss on the head. Then he lets her go and dives into a plate of hors d'oeuvres. Eden smiles. It's good to see you, Ben. You too. Way too long, Eden. He pauses to look at her, almost acknowledging the emotion of the situation. Instead, he hits the hors d'oeuvres harder. All right, don't mind me. I I just came in for the food. What were you talking about? Not my business. I was telling Will that pain is optional. It is? Why didn't somebody tell me that before now? I know, I know, but it's really pretty simple. All of the negative emotions, grief, anger, depression, it's all just chemical reactions. It's entirely physical, and it's entirely changeable. You kind of sound like a pamphlet there, Eden. You can actually learn to expel those emotions from your body so you can live life the way you want to. So, you're shitting out your pain. Eden seems to take it in stride, turns her attention to prepping some of the food. I can see you're not interested. I'm sorry, Eden, but that sounds fucking crazy. She turns and slaps him across the face, hard enough to more than get his attention. A stunned moment. Eden, what the fuck? Eden? She smiles, enigmatic. Ben, until you stop making a joke out of everything, you won't learn a thing. That's why no one cares what you think. Whoa, uh, okay. He tries to laugh it off, but is clearly thrown. She leaves the kitchen with the glasses. She fucking gored me. (laughs) Will keeps an eye on Eden as she mingles in the living room, passing out some caviar from a tray. It was fucking loud. Has she been like this the whole night? 
You mean with all the Topanga Canyon, New Agey, beautiful everything bullshit? Yep. David too. She's like a different person. Look, I'm all for whatever you gotta do to get by, especially you two, what you went through, but... But you didn't lose your mind. I didn't. Not like that. Will shrugs. They watch Eden a moment more. Have you been upstairs? They put in a screening room, dude. What? Really? I don't know how that fits into the pain shitting, but it's pretty sweet, actually. Ben smiles, hesitates, takes a drink, then... How are you? Will looks at him for a long moment, involuntarily tearing up. I don't know. I don't really know how to act. Well, it's not just like the good old days, you know? No. Ben shrugs. They look out the window for a moment. There's more to say. No one says it. Where's Amanda? Home with the kids. Pissed. How are Robbie and Lucia? Ben hesitates a bit at this topic. Sort of shrugs. Big. Getting bigger. Good. Amanda, though. What's up? I think we hate each other. That's not good. Yeah, I know... But the sex, it's still so angry. I can't get away. Will puts an affectionate arm around his shoulder. It's good to see you. You too. Nobody cares what I think. Interior living room, same. Will and Ben come back into the living room, where Eden is setting out the caviar on a side table. Sensing them... Eden turns and smiles warmly, as if nothing had happened. Ben, have a glass of wine. I've let it go already, and so should you. Ben grudgingly takes the drink. All right, then. See? It's already gone. She takes Ben by the arm. He shrugs and gives in, and she escorts him into the living room. Will now alone, takes a look around the room, his friends talking together, him separate. Will's point of view. He sees David, off by himself, speaking into his cell phone. David is hunched over, furtive-seeming. He snaps shut the phone, looks out the front window toward the driveway for a moment. As he turns, someone grabs Will's elbow. Come sit with me. Ask me a question. Claire leads him to the stairs, pulls him down next to her. On the stairs. Will looks across the room. David has joined the others, but glances back at the front window again. Claire prods Will out of his distraction. I mean it. Ask me something. Okay. How's work? You're up for tenure, right? She smiles at him. Yeah, I got it. A year ago. A year ago? Really? Had a party and everything. UCLA is stuck with my unbelievably gloomy seminars for the foreseeable future. At least until the oceans rise and swallow us, which is soon. I'm sorry. About... You don't have to be sorry. You're here now. They watch the party for a second. 
It's weird to be here, isn't it? She leans her head on his shoulder, a gesture of sisterly familiarity. He seems grateful for it. I don't know why anyone would call your teachings gloomy. Me neither. Headlights play across the front window. From where he sits, Will sees a car pull in. It wedges itself in the remaining space in the driveway, locking in the other cars. The car door opens. On the stairs. Maybe that's our hero, Choi. David has seen the car arrive, too. He goes to the front door and opens it, calling down to the man in the driveway. Who's that? I don't know. At the door, night. Pruitt arrives, embracing David. Pruitt is a very large, imposing man, but with a sweet face. The vibe of a reformed Khan who has found religion. David turns, presenting him to the room. Everybody? This is my friend Pruitt. Pruitt doesn't make a move to greet anyone. Instead, he just stands there, taking in the group, as if sizing them up. Evening. A shriek. Sadie comes bounding up to Pruitt, leaping onto him and kissing him. All right, darling. I couldn't believe it till I saw you. You're really here. They hug each other for a moment, oblivious to the others. Finally, Ben makes a move. Hi, I'm Ben. Nice to meet you. They shake hands. Will notices the same leather bracelet on his wrist, the one Eden wears, and David, and Sadie. David clasps Pruitt on the back. My man, glad you're here. Someone want to get my friend a drink? I'm on my way, what can I get you? Anything diet is fine. Ben dispatches himself. It's great to meet you, Pruitt, but frankly, where the hell is Choi? Choi? My asshole boyfriend. Hi, Gina. He promised me he wasn't going to leave me hanging, was going to be early, made a big deal of it. It's fine. I'm great with it. Oh. David, he didn't call you guys? Say he was going to be late? David shakes his head. I assumed you were coming together. We haven't seen him. That's it. I'm going to try again. She pulls out her cell phone. You guys have service up here? No. Almost never. On Will's face. This registers. David was on the phone moments ago. Sorry, the bills fell through the cracks while we were away. We never had them come out here to hook the landline back up. It's just a little weird of him. He usually at least calls. David moves over to the door, behind Pruitt and Sadie. You could try calling them from the deck if you're worried. That's your best chance. And he deadbolts the door and pockets the key. As David turns back to the party, he meets eyes with Will, sees Will looking at the deadbolted door. Everything okay, Will? Why don't you just leave the key in the door? It's like a fortress in here. David shrugs. You know, just a month ago, there was a home invasion further up the canyon. This couple was terrorized. It was really sick. Everybody around here was freaked out by it. I never heard about that. Then I'm sure it didn't happen. Yeah, come on, Will. Can't a man put himself in lockdown if he wants? This is America. You guys should have a gun. What if there's a fire? Kira catches his eye, mouths the words, give it a rest. David smiles calmly and unlocks the door. 
I just keep the house a different way, Will, that's all. It's my house. Eden puts a hand on Will's shoulder, interrupting. Will, could you do me a favor and get some firewood? You know where we keep it. Will nods, accepting that he's been dismissed. As we follow Will out through the living room, we see Kira in the background, with Kira. She watches Will, pensive as he goes outside, a hand on her shoulder. It's Eden. Has he been acting like this a lot? So agitated? She looks at Eden, measuring her, before deciding how to respond. Sometimes? Will moves further down the hallway toward a closed door. I'm sorry, but it's really good he has you. It comforts me. I know he wants the best for you, too. Will puts his hand on it. He cannot bear to open it. I'm glad you're here tonight, Kira. I think it's important. Will walks away down the hall to the door leading outside. Exterior back patio, backyard. Will opens the door and walks out into the night air. He can hear the muted sound of loud music echoing up the canyon from another party. He takes a breath. Can I ask you something? How has he been handling things? He can be self-destructive. I think he's doing the best he can. Eden, I'm not really comfortable having this conversation, okay? Oh, I was just asking. I feel connected to you. He walks slowly around the pool. In the distance, the lights of the city spread out before him. The lit-up homes of the canyon hang near on both sides. And I just worry about him, how he's dealing with things. You wonder. On the other side of the pool, the yard extends out a good 50 feet before dropping off into the night. Will looks across the grass, unwilling to step out onto it, as if something is out there. Sounds intrude. Sounds from the past. Sounds of panic and chaos. A screaming rises. Will stares at the spot in the grass. Behind him, a light goes on. We see Eden silhouetted in a window. Will turns, watching her through the wall of glass. Her bedroom is lit up like a diorama. Eden moves around the bed, pulling something out of her pocket. She is obscured for a few moments. Hiding something? When she comes back into view, her hands are empty. She leaves the room. The light goes off. Will turns back toward the still open door. He takes several logs off the pile, puts them in the carrier, and takes them inside. Interior living room, continuous. Will moves back up the hallway. The door to Eden's bedroom is closed. We see everyone in the living room, wrapped up in their own conversations. Unseen, Will puts the firewood carrier down in the hall and walks towards Eden's bedroom. Interior bedroom, continuous. Will looks around, looks at the bedside table. He knows that he's wrong. He can't help himself. Finally, in Eden's bedside table, carefully placed in the back of the drawer, Will finds it. A quarter full bottle of pills. The bottle is unlabeled. Will studies this. He plucks out one of the pills and puts it in his pocket. 
then he carefully puts things back in order. He walks toward the door, and David appears in it. David stands there, blocking his way. The two men look at each other, David with a smile on his face, Will caught red-handed. David keeps smiling, but says nothing. He walks past Will and deadbolts the door to the outside. He passes Will on the way back. Come back to us when you're ready. Will watches him walk away, turn the corner into the hallway. Thinks about following, but seems stuck there. He takes a breath, notices the bathroom. Interior bathroom, same. His eyes falling on the tub, on Will's face. The sound of voices, gentle splashing. The camera moves around Will, back to the tub, to find Will and Eden in there together years ago. Eden relaxes against Will, looking content and warm. They feel to us like completely different people. Will fishes a washcloth from the bottom of the tub. He starts to wash Eden's chest with a goofy look of concentration. She laughs. You're very dirty there. Really? Yes, attention to detail is incredibly important. He continues washing her, making her laugh even harder. It is my credo. It's your credo. Suddenly another voice can be heard. Will and Eden stop. Look up. Ty, their son, is peeking through a crack in the door. He's giggling. Why don't you go back to bed, buddy? We'll be quieter. The boy looks at them as if doing a mathematical problem in his head. Then he turns and leaves. So that'll be the time he saw his gross parents having sex. We are gross. A pause. Do you think he needs a brother? Will smiles. He could probably use one. She turns, looks back at him. They kiss. She rolls over to face him. A loud scream. Interior bedroom slash hallway. On Will's face. Pulled back to the present, he rushes down the hall to the living room to see everyone gathered together. No way. All of them, including Gina, turn to see Will. They're in a cult. Oh, come on, Gina. It's not a cult. I know plenty of people who do the invitation. Eden, are you guys really in it? We are. So that's why you were in Mexico? Did you guys get all naked in the jungle? Sometimes. Pruitt laughs. Well, I did. It's just some people who have lost someone coming together to help each other. It's science, not some weird religious cult or anything. It's people like us in L.A. and New York. Smart, successful people. You'd be surprised. Thousands of people came through last year. Yeah, my boss is into it. It's like a new Est or something, right? Well, it's a little more practical than that. More grounded. But spiritual, too. However you define that. Seriously, what goes on down there? It's like a self-help group? Well, since you asked... There's something we'd like to show you. Oh no. We walked right into it. Now I get why the doors are locked. We have to convert. This is a conversion thing. Oh my god, this is the real reason you invited us here. Laughter. Will sees a private look between Ben and Tommy. They seem amused, eager to see where this goes. I know, I know. It sounds strange. But it's pretty amazing. David returns with a laptop sets it down in front of them. Just indulge us? 
Is this some kind of recruitment video? I don't want to... I do. Convert me. I'm weak. It's nothing like that. I promise. Will looks at Eden as if to question her about all of this. She just smiles. Alright, let's do this thing. They gather around the laptop. David starts the video. As it starts, we move across the gathered faces of the guests on the laptop. The video seems to be professionally produced, assured. A voice over shots of a tranquil, spa-like campus. This is our home in Baja, Mexico. And it is your home too, if you choose it to be. Our home and our family is open to anyone with the desire to help themselves. Dr. Joseph, an almost saintly-looking man in his late 40s, gives a talk in an attractive setting to an unseen audience. The human brain has a remarkable ability to heal. My life's work has been to discover how to rewire, to rewrite our responses to trauma, to create new ways to understand our experience and build new pathways around pain. We invite you to a conscious existence, a connected existence. Trauma visits all of us. We take this journey, all journeys, side by side. You are not alone. Wherever you are, whatever you feel, we are together. We transcend. The video cuts to a shot of a simple, elegant cabin. Inside are a dozen or so people. Joseph kneels next to a young woman, Annie, who is lying on a cot. She looks only semi-conscious. Her breathing is labored, choppy. She is gaunt and sickly, her body a map of a long battle with illness. How do you feel, Annie? She smiles weakly. I feel loved. Words of support from the crowd. Joseph nods. Yes, do you hear that? You are loved, you are felt, and you are deeply loved. You are not alone. Mm. Who are you going to see, dear? Her eyes flutter, a delirious grin. My husband, James. My father. People in the crowd softly chime in with other names. A reverent, overlapping chorus of lost loved ones. That's right. We're all one. All of them will be there. In the room, Will looks at Eden. She turns to meet his eyes. On the video, we have moved back off the crowd to focus on Annie. I... I... Soon, Annie, soon. Over soon. All of this pain, all this grief you've chosen. You've renounced it, haven't you? It is your choice. You have said no to the grief, no to the depression and sickness, no to the debilitation and fear. Amen. We love you, Annie. It is artificial and it is temporary. We create it for ourselves and we can abandon it at will. Our spirits are what's real. Shouts of support. They do not die. No darkness, no pain. Just reunion. He turns to Annie, stroking her forehead, comforting her. 
You're ready, aren't you, honey? Her breathing becomes even more shallow and spastic. She's getting worse by the second. Any moment now. They're right there, all there with you. In the living room. Will is having a hard time watching this. He registers the faces of his friends. Some look disturbed, others fascinated. Sadie leans forward like an entranced child. Pruitt shakes his head deep in thought. On the screen, Annie's head rolls back, her eyes flicker. Dr. Joseph motions a woman forward. Come. He pulls her close to Annie. Breathe in, breathe deep. Feel her spirit. It's real, it's a physical thing. The woman inhales deeply from Annie's labored breath. A blissed out smile. I can feel it. The doctor strokes Annie's head, her breath slowing now, slowing more and more. A tiny groan, and then silence. She's gone. Keeping his hand on her forehead, he leans in and kisses her on the lips. She's still with us, and with your father, and your wife, and your son. A long silence. The doctor looks around at his many followers, nodding, letting them drink this in. Sobs, someone crying. No, do not cry, don't. Celebrate. She's safe. In the living room. Stunned silence. The guests look at each other. David quietly gets up and shuts off the television. He has tears in his eyes as he turns around. This is what it's about. Fuck. We did not just watch somebody die. That was real? Of course it was. Why would anyone watch that? She wanted to show everyone there's nothing to be afraid of. That's the point. She was very sick. With what? She barely looked 30. Cancer. Look, I get it. If you gotta go at 30, it's not a bad way. Surrounded by people who love you. On video? Jesus. It's beautiful. She looked at peace to me. I'm not judging her. No one's judging her. Will finally speaks. I just don't understand why you'd show something like this at a dinner party. Silence. David looks at Will, a curious disappointment on his face. He briskly turns off the player. Maybe this isn't being taken the way we meant it. It's a pretty heavy thing to drop on us, David. That's the thing. For us, it isn't. It's okay. Most people don't get it. The point isn't that she died. It's about communion. She chose to show us that there's nothing to be afraid of. And we can choose joy because we'll see her again. All we're trying to show you guys is that there's another way to look at this. That... He takes a breath. My pain had turned me into a walking cliche. I was a coked up out-of-control record producer, for God's sake. I was a slave to my own grief. Dr. Joseph freed me from that. He showed me that life should be a celebration. That's hard to see in what you showed us. The invitation is really just about free will. We can choose to be happy in this life. We can choose to shape it on our own terms. Amen, brother. We've all been through horrible things, but those things don't have to define us. 
We can choose how to feel. Look, what happened to Eden and Will is don't, just don't. Finding this saved my life. She looks at Will. She maintains eye contact with him as she speaks. I almost died after. I almost couldn't keep living. You know that, Will, but now I'm great. I'm not angry anymore. I can breathe. I have hope. And if anyone wants to take that away from me. Look at how you're all looking at me. If anyone wants to tell me that's not okay. Will. I know. We're all lost. We can agree on that, right? But we have each other. David stands up, eyes wet. It's all just too big, too big for any of us alone. He trails off. Ben starts to speak, but chooses instead to drain his glass. No one says anything. There's a long and silent moment stretching on. The doorbell rings. The sound startles people. The spell is broken. As David finally moves toward the door, the bell rings again. Well, David heads to the door. That better be Choi. Yeah. He's just a complete space cadet, which is what I've always liked about him in a way. Will listens, nodding, but is obviously distracted. Will's point of view. We creep slowly toward the door. David has opened it only a foot or so. He talks to people we can't see. Gina's voice quietly continues, now indistinct. But really, I wanted to say, I guess I felt like you knew. You knew, right? I wanted to give you space, but I don't know. From this distance, it's hard to make out what people at the door are saying. We can only hear mumbling. Will can't see the people outside. Near Will. We realize that Gina has been talking the whole time. Will is just watching the door. Which is why I'm saying sorry we haven't been around so much. It's alright. We just have to make a better effort. That's on us. I'm just not good at this. In the foyer, David glances back into the house, then closes the door. Faint laughter can be heard outside for a moment. On Will. Will looks down. His fist is clenched. He is just now noticing it. It happens unconsciously. You haven't heard a word I said, have you? Sorry, I... David, coming back toward them, catches Will's eye. Couple people looking for a party. On foot. Good luck, they'll die of dehydration. David moves on, looking back at Will again. A curious look. We can talk later, Will. I just wanted you to know that I've been thinking about you. Thanks. I know. I miss you. She heads back into the party. For a moment, Will watches Kira across the room as she laughs at someone's joke. <laughs> Miguel breezes by behind Will, carrying a plate of appetizers over to the table. Miguel gestures to the door with his head. No Choi? Nope. Will thinks for a second. He pulls Miguel down to his level, producing the pill he took from Eden's bedroom. Hey, Miguel, can you tell me what this is? It is a pill, Will. Seriously, I, 
found a bunch of it in Eden's bedroom, unlabeled. Well, come on, just look at it. This is crazy. He looks at the pill, the markings. Phenobarbital, I think. Is that dangerous? Anything's dangerous if you take too much. It's a barbiturate. They use them for seizures, anxiety, insomnia sometimes. I mean, there's better stuff now, but it's not so unusual to find it if you're rifling through someone's medicine cabinet. A voice. Break up your little click and come talk to us. They get up and walk across the room to where Tommy is speaking with David and Pruitt. Let's just drop it. Okay, Snoopy. Miguel slides his arm around Tommy. Will nods to the group. What's happening, boys? Not much new to report. Will thinks you guys are on pills. Will shoots him a look. A pause. Miguel waves his hand around dismissively. Figuratively. A pause. Pruitt looks at David, gestures to the bar. You're out of soda here. Pruitt heads to the kitchen. I just meant that you think we're crazy. No, not at all. Why? Miguel shrugs. No comprendo inglés. It's okay, I'm not offended. A lot of people think we're crazy. I doubt they're as happy as we are. He shows his empty glass and heads to the kitchen. Thank you. De nada. Am I alone here? This is odd, isn't it? There's no way tonight wasn't going to feel a little strange or sad or... It's just an overdue reunion of old friends, along with a couple of totally random weirdos. They are a little Mansony. Mansonian? The skinny girl, she seems just so... What is it? Oft molested. I'm not kidding. From his vantage point, he can see David talking to Pruitt in the kitchen. It's hard to tell if the conversation is heated or just animated. Tommy puts his arm around Will's shoulder. Will, listen. They're definitely weird, but come on, this is L.A. They're harmless. They don't seem so harmless to me. Please. Everybody's just trying to get by. Give them a break. Let's go steal some more of their wine. That I can get behind. David comes back out of the kitchen and gets everyone's attention. Hey guys, listen. I'm aware that you might have found the video difficult or off-putting, and I apologize. Gina calls out. It's cool. The last thing I want you guys to think is that I'm trying to force my ideas on you. It's just, I want you to know me. So look, I had an idea. He looks around. There was a game we played in Mexico at the end of group. I think we should try it. Oh yeah. What kind of game are we talking about? Like charades or something? It's actually kind of fun, and it'll give you more of a sense of what we learned. Cult alert. I'm in. What is it? It's kind of like that game we played in college. I never. This gets a big reaction from the group. Cheers, whistles, groans. I always lose that one. I never do. Except this time, it's I want. We take turns, and everybody says what they want. I want to hear what Gina did in college. You mean who she did? The point is to be honest, to admit our desires. Because anything is possible once we strip away embarrassment, the social constraints, the negative emotions, the things that control us. 
Ben glances at Will, rolling his eyes. David notices this, but if he's irked, he doesn't show it. That's what this game is about. Honesty. Okay? Everybody have a seat. Ben shrugs his shoulders and sits right down. Slowly, the others follow, taking seats in a ragged circle on chairs, the couch, the floor. I'll go first. Wonderful. Sadie stands up, takes a breath. Okay, I want... She smiles at all the faces watching her. To tell you, Eden and David and Will and Kira and Miguel. Laughter as she tries to get through them all. Pack a lunch. (laughs) And Tommy. There's so many. Ben, Pruitt. I want to tell you all that I love you. I haven't known most of you for that long, but right now, tonight, I feel love. I do. And most people don't say that. They're afraid. So, I love you. Sadie looks around at everyone, taking them in. Quickly, she leans down and kisses the person nearest to her, Gina. Wow. Wow. Hi there. I want... She lets it settle. Some of that coke you used to do. Done. He walks behind the bar. I think I still have some. You keep it in the house? You're the worst rehabber in the world. No, David, don't. I was kidding. No, you weren't. But that's okay. That's what the game is about. A long pause. Okay, I wasn't kidding. Bust that shit out. David tosses her a baggie full of coke. I like this game. As Gina starts to cut the cocaine, Pruitt stands. I want to tell you about my wife, Margaret. We were married eight years, would have been 15 next month. She was a painter, oils. I first saw her work at this artist retreat in Minneapolis. I was in love with her before I met her. These abstract, energetic landscapes. And then I saw her. It was like I hit the jackpot. Wow. She had the most generous spirit I'd ever seen. And she was just as bright and gorgeous as the morning. That's so sweet. When you'd really surprise her, she had this laugh, this joyous, guttural rumble that came from way down deep. You knew you'd done something good. She was all light. Pruitt looks to Eden, to Sadie. A sad smile. During times like this, nights like this night, I think of her quite a bit. Did she pass away? Yes, she did. Pruitt considers this for a long moment, as if deciding how to respond. Finally, Pruitt takes a long breath. We had been drinking. I had been drinking. We had just come home from a dinner. We were in the kitchen. 
and we fell into one of our arguments. One of those stupid little fights that last your whole marriage. I think it was about the dishes. One of us started yelling. I don't remember who. I tried to pour myself another drink. She reached over to stop me. And something just gave. I turned and hit her as hard as I could. Silence. No one can speak. Pruitt speaks quietly, very carefully. There are tears in his eyes. Her knees gave and she hit her head. I think she was trying to get back up. You know, she had her hand out and she was staring up at me. But then she just collapsed and then... And then she was gone. Jesus Christ, you killed your wife? What the fuck? It's important that you know this. That you know how I was saved. How far I've come with the invitation. What are we supposed to say to that? Nothing. I made a terrible, terrible mistake. It was seven years ago. I went to prison. I paid that way. But I was still the same person. I've spent all of this time addressing that rage. That nameless thing. Changing it. And finally, through accepting the invitation and looking only ahead, destroying that horrible part of me that led to that moment, I'm cured. I miss her. Not a day goes by that I don't think of her. But I don't grieve and I don't feel guilty anymore. I've chosen to let it go. Those emotions are useless because I know I'll be seeing her again soon. That's my point. What? In heaven? In a better place than this. That's what we believe. That's what most people have believed for centuries. I can't wait to get there. He looks around at the others. Forgiveness doesn't have to wait. I'm free to forgive myself. And so are you. It's a beautiful thing. It truly is. Ben leans toward the table. Give me some of that Coke. I'm sorry, but that's just, that's just really disturbing. I don't know what it is. I didn't mean to offend. I want to be honest because I want you to know me. I want you to see who I am. And that means you need to know who I was. David lays a hand on Pruitt, whispers something to him. Then he turns to the group. What's more honorable? Facing the truth or hiding it to be accepted? People change. I don't know. That doesn't seem honest at all. It feels like you're selling us something. We aren't. Eden tries to save the moment. I want... Are we really going to keep doing this? I want, this better be good, to kiss Ben. I always have. Ben laughs, 
He looks to David, who seems thrilled with the idea. Why the hell not? Ben stands, beckons Eden toward him. Bring it, sister. Gina whistles. Eden smiles and approaches Ben. I want to kiss him. Sorry, one per party. It's all right, I know where you live. Eden leans in. Ben meets her with a quick, friendly kiss. As he pulls back, no. She puts a hand on the back of his neck and pulls him in for a long, deep kiss. On Will. As he watches this, he's trying to understand. Slowly, she ends it, pulling away softly. There. Jeez. I don't know if I approve that. Okay, I want a blowjob from somebody. Laughter. I'm not joking. Claire stands up, interrupting. She looks uncomfortable. I have to go. Claire, don't. It's all right. We're just having fun. This is all making me a little uncomfortable. I'm sorry. Just have a seat. Let me get you a drink. We'll do something else. No, I don't want to spoil anyone's fun. This just isn't my thing. Claire, please. Will stands. Just let her go, David. Why can't she just leave? David looks at him strangely, a little surprised by Will's tone. Will, I just want her to stay and have a good time. Eden has planned this for a long time, and it would be really disappointing if... Just let her do what she wants. I'm going to leave. She now seems genuinely upset. A long moment. David smiles at her, a glimpse of something, his mind working. He takes her by the shoulders. Of course, it's all right. I'm sorry you were made to feel uncomfortable. It's okay. I'm tired. David nods, reaches into his pocket. He looks directly at Will, holding out the keys. You want to do the honors? Someone laughs. I'm good. As David goes to the door, unlocking it, Claire hugs Eden. Are you sure? Why don't you just... I'll see you soon, okay? I'm really sorry. Okay, Claire. Goodbye, goodbye. Eden seems reluctant to let go. Okay, Eden. Claire breaks away and goes to Will, hugging him. You want me to walk you up? It's like 40 feet, Will. Back with the others, Pruitt remembers something, snapping his fingers. Oh, shit. Are you in the Prius? Yeah. I'm parked behind you. I'll have to move the car. He gets up and makes his way to the door, joining David there. Claire picks up her jacket and waves goodbye. goodbye. Pruitt trailing behind her, out the door. So, who needs a drink? Tommy does. Kira sees Will going to the window. Hey, Will, come over here. Talk to me. I'll be there in a second. Will stays at the window, watching. He sees the headlights bob as Pruitt pulls his car out and backs it up the street, just out of sight. Conversation continues behind him, but Will stays at the window and doesn't move. Will. Claire's car backs out and slowly starts down the street. Will lets out his breath quietly. Will. 
and then her brake lights go on. The car stops just out of Will's sight, the rest of the car obscured behind foliage. Pruitt jogs after her, waving. Through the window, Will cranes his neck, trying to see better. Pruitt leans casually into the driver's side of Claire's car. It's very hard to see what's going on through the foliage. Just Pruitt's legs, one arm, the car lights. Will, come on. Pruitt leans casually into the driver's side of Claire's car. It is very hard to see what is going on through the foliage. Just Pruitt's legs, one arm, the car lights. Will, come on. Will looks at David's hand on his shoulder. Can you and I talk alone for a minute? It's important. Will looks back out the window. The conversation continues. Another car passes by, slowly. Lights moving up the street. Sure. They walk across the room, away from the others. David motioning him to a chair. David chooses his words carefully. Will... I'm really happy you're here tonight. It's very important to Eden. And it's important to me too. We chose you because you matter to us. You chose us? But you've been acting very suspicious of our hospitality, you know. And frankly, it upsets me a little. I lock the door so we can have some peace of mind and you have a fit about it. My friend needs to move a car for God's sake and you stand at the window like you're going to catch him stealing something. You're scaring Eden a little bit, Will. You seem very distant, very... just off somehow. I'm sorry you feel that way. Maybe I wasn't prepared to be here. Okay. Okay, I really appreciate that honesty. David sits down in the chair next to him. I know you must... you must feel like you have to look out. I know because that's how I felt that the world is unsafe and chaotic. If it happened before, why wouldn't... David, please, please. I don't pretend to know what you went through with your wife. And you don't know me. You can't. David nods, holding Will's stare. The keys rattle in the front door. Pruitt comes back in, now wearing a jacket. His hands are in his pockets. Tried to convince Claire to stay. I felt bad about scaring her. My story. She understood. He smiles and then heads off down the hall. Just going to wash up for dinner. Will watches him go. Pruitt keeps his hands in the jacket pockets the whole time. He turns the corner and is gone. Everyone... Will turns to see that Eden holds a beautiful silver tray, piled with perfect-looking lamb. A feast. Dinner is served. We close in on Will, and we begin a montage. On the stairs, dining room. The guests move up the stairs to the dining room, where a beautifully set table awaits. In the hallway, we creep through a darkened part of the house inexorably. Voices are audible ahead. We are peering into rooms, into half-open doors, drifting, moving on toward the light and sound. In the dining room, we watch from above, 
the conversations in the warm pool of light of the dinner table. A droning sound, insistent, begins. At the table, we wash in and out of conversations. Food is passed back and forth. Laughter. Women's are overrated. Overrated? (laughs) Yeah, I think they're cocky. Everyone thinks they're just adorable and they... Oh, God. They just know it. They're haughty. They do kind of lord it over you. Will laughs, too, but is having a hard time. Trying to connect, but a step behind. We're deeply in his point of view. There's something about the way people are tearing at their meat, something primal. There's something mechanical about the conversations, the seams and gaps revealed. There's something grotesque about all of it. Will looks across to Ben, watches as, laughing, he tips back his wine glass, raising his eyebrows. A flash. Remembering the same gesture, Ben, lighter, younger. So much has changed. At the table, we wash back into another conversation. I think generally it's pretty simple how to act in this life. Do unto others. I think we can agree to that. But there are absolutes. There are things that are true that just are. And people need guidance. I I know it isn't a popular thing to say, but it's true. They do. I love to be told what to do. I like the clarity. You and Amanda are meant for each other. I just don't think we get to decide for anybody else. Will looks to Kira, the way she moves her hands. A flash, the past, somewhere else. The same gesture. She looks at him, expectant, open. At the table, her expression very different, darker. In the hallway, we move closer and closer to the sounds of the conversation. We creep toward it like an animal, curious but wary approaching a campfire. At the table, we see Gina looking at the empty seat where Troy should be. Look, I've had a lifetime's worth of people telling me what to think and do. I'm not in the Air Force anymore. We close in on Will's face. A shot of the backyard. In the daytime, a child's birthday party. Adults talking. Ty, his son, and another boy, a little bit older, are playing, roughhousing a little bit. At the table, the droning sound is louder and louder. The people around him seemingly slower and faster all at once. He looks to Kira, the only one who seems real. She's not looking at him. He watches her. He says her name. She doesn't hear him, doesn't look over at him. She looks closed to him, like a person he doesn't know. The backyard... Will runs, pushing through people. Eden is on her knees in front of them. She screams. At the table, Will's face, the sound of the conversation rises into a cacophony. Will stands on the upstairs patio, as if startled to be there. He looks back. People are clearing plates from the table. Off to himself, he rubs his palms into his eyes, trying to get himself back together. He goes inside. Interior hallway. Will hears something. Water running in the bathroom. 
He's drawn to the sound. Will stands a few steps away from the bathroom. The door is open a crack. Through it, he can see Sadie standing in front of the mirror, leaning forward. He can't quite make out what she's doing. He moves a little closer. Sadie is making faces at herself in the mirror. Horrible, twisted expressions. Eyes and mouth wide open, screaming without sound. She stops, looks at her reflection, makes another face. A sort of game. Will watches, fascinated, disturbed. Finally, he turns away, just as she turns slowly to see him. Will walks away. Behind him, we see Sadie staring at him. She follows him. Exterior, backyard, night. Will comes out onto the patio, looking out. He pulls out his phone, watches its display for a moment, moves it around. Still no service. Behind him, Sadie steps out onto the deck. So, things aren't great with Kira, huh? He laughs, surprised. (laughs) I don't... Why would you say that? It just seems like that to me. Seems like she's real distant. She's great. Sadie nods. Should we go back inside? She smiles, enjoying whatever she's toying with in her head. I'm going to try to make a call. I'll see you in there. Oh, well, good luck. There's no service up here. She moves closer to him. I could hang with you. Abruptly, she leans toward him puts the palm of her hand on the inside of his thigh. She whispers, You can fuck me right here. Will looks at her as if he's unsure he's actually heard this. What? Nobody will care. We're not like that. It's a gift. Why should we deny that ever? Especially not tonight. As she speaks, she's absently brushing her fingertips across the thin fabric of her skirt. It's the way we were in Mexico, man. It was awesome. People are just going for it. I think you should go inside. She leans forward, lips opening. It's an electric moment. She gets close to his lips. He holds her away by the shoulders. You don't like me? I don't know you. I can make you like me so much. I can make you beg me. I can do it without even touching you. Sadie. Just with my voice. With my breath. You can hurt me if you want. I don't want to do that. She smiles. I don't believe you. She goes in. He takes a breath. Exterior, backyard. A rustling noise below. Will looks up at the sky. It's nothing but darkness. A shape rises behind him. It's Tommy. Will, surprised, recoils. (gasps) What are you doing out here? I just needed a break. Oh, really? From what? Will makes an indistinct gesture with his hand. Not following. Tommy, there's something wrong here. Something bad is happening. Will, 
Tommy looks at him, sympathetic but firm. You're wrong, and I know what you're going to say, but listen. Claire went home because the poor girl is sexually awkward. Choi might be the most unreliable Korean in Los Angeles. He could be anywhere. Eden? I haven't seen her in two years, and that feels crazy, but I don't know. We're all just trying to figure out how to go on, you know? This is how they do it. Yeah, everything is weird. It's life. It doesn't feel safe here. I know it doesn't. Look, it took a lot of courage for you to come here tonight, but this isn't good for you anymore. I think you need to go home. Will doesn't respond. I'm sorry, Will, but enough is enough. You know very well why things feel unsafe for you here. We all do. You know sometimes your mind runs away with you. Look, I love you, but stop acting so fucking weird. It's freaking people out. What do you want me to do? Okay, here's what you have. You've got a woman in there who's worth it. That's why we allowed you to go out with her. You can't just put anyone into this. She's up to it. So what do I want? I want you to start living again. Will nods. He gives Tommy a reluctant smile. Oh, that's all. You're safe now. Tommy gives him a hug and walks back inside, leaving Will alone. Will takes a moment, breathes. Okay. Loud, startlingly, his phone chirps. He looks at it. The most tenuous of signals. One new message. He presses the button. We hear the rustling sound again from below. Will listens to the message. Will. Choi. What's up? Listen, it's about seven. I'm just pulling up to Eden's house. I forgot to pick up dessert like I said I would. And I can't get a hold of Gina. Would you be able to pick some up on your way? I know I'm early. Dude, I'm actually early. But honestly, I don't want to go back down the hill and look for a fucking patisserie. See you in a few, I guess. I'm going in. Will hangs up the phone. He looks stunned, frightened. Choi was there. Slowly, Will walks back inside, toward the dining room. Interior dining room. Will enters. Seeing him, Gina smiles. There you are. Kira pats the seat next to her. Will sits back down, his mind racing. David and Eden are nowhere to be seen. He looks to Tommy, trying to get his attention. Suddenly, the lights in the house snap off. Darkness envelops everyone. We spend what seems to be a very long moment in the dark. Then, as questions start to rise, David and Eden enter with a birthday cake, complete with candles. The flickering light distorts their smiling faces. Happy birthday, Miguel. It's... It's not for a week. It's close enough. (laughs) Miguel laughs, getting into it. Fine, but nobody sing, please. On Will's face, mounting panic. As Miguel is about to blow out the candles. Where's Choi? Excuse me? Where's Choi? Where the fuck is Choi? Everyone looks at Will. What are you talking about, Will? 
I just got a message from him. He said he was here, that he got here at seven. What? He said he was here. David is staring at Will, exchanging an anxious, quick glance with Pruitt. Eden? Is that true? I haven't seen Joy tonight. Where is he? Will, Will, stop it, please, just stop it. I got a message from him. He said he was here. He was right outside when he called. We haven't seen him, Will. Don't lie to me. He called from your front door. David's not lying. Joy never got here. Maybe he turned around. He could have forgotten something. Why is everyone being so fucking polite? Where's Choi? Now Gina's getting a bit freaked out. Um, Eden? We really haven't seen him. Will, sit down, Will. No, this isn't right. Something very strange is going on and no one is saying anything. What do you think is happening, Will? Who are you? I don't get why you're here. Silence. Two years. We don't see you for two years, and then suddenly you invite us to this lavish dinner, all smiles, spewing all this jargon, with these two in tow. Don't tell me this is normal. The invitation? It helps people. Well, well, well. Everyone's allowed to have their thing, Well, It's a cult, Miguel. It's a fucking cult. (sighs) Our son died, and you're ignoring it? You're just... You're trying to make me ignore it, too? How can you do this? Will! Will, Will, Will. Look at the video. It isn't about communion or family. It's about denial. It's a fucking brainwash. You are out of line. It meant something when he died. Don't erase... We haven't even said his name tonight. You're trying to erase him. Ty was real. It was real. It is real. The music continues to play into the silence. An empty echo of the good feelings of the evening, now lost. Please, Eden. Where's Choi? She said she doesn't know. Please stop this. Please stop this. David raises a calming hand. I think this is just a big misunderstanding. Don't patronize me, David. A long pause as the two square off. Tell me why the doors are locked. Tell me why the doors are locked. Oh, God. Tell me why there are bars on the windows. Tell me why there's a big fucking bottle of phenobarbital stashed in your bedroom. Jesus Christ, Will. Will, Will, Will. Did you go through her things? I'm sorry, we should go. No. Something's going on. Something dangerous. And we're all just ignoring it. Because David opened some good wine. Eden pounds the table in frustration. Gina is in tears. Kira gets up and heads toward Will. We're going. We're going now. And then there's a hard knock on the door. The room goes silent. The knocking comes again, insistent. David calmly walks to the door. He's just out of sight. We hear the door open. Muted voices. David's and another person's. Footsteps approach. They all go to the railing to look down. Will follows the stairs. A gasp from someone at the table. (gasps) It's Choi. Sighs of relief. Kira buries her head in her hands. Ben laughs despite himself. 
The table looks spent, harried. On Will. He looks confused, devastated. As if the known world has collapsed for him. Gina runs to Choi's side. He's 35, fit, and confident. He takes off his multicolored leather racing jacket, looks for some place to put it in his helmet. He looks chastened. I'm so sorry. I was right here, then work called. It's so fucked up, but they can't do anything without me. I called you. I didn't get it. He smiles, surprised at how Gina's clutching him. You okay, baby? We're just glad you're here. Did I miss dinner? You missed more than that, buddy. We've got plenty. I'll get you something. She heads to the kitchen. Gina escorts Choi to the table, sits him next to her. The few people who feel like speaking greet Choi quietly. Eyes turn to Will. What's going on? Will looks mortified, almost in shock. He tries to say anything. I... David. It's okay. We really should go now. Give him a minute. Kira. I'm fine. Eden enters with a plate of food for Troy. Eden, I'm so sorry. Will is barely able to form the words. It's very difficult for me to be here. I know. It's hard for me too. But you can't criticize us for finding our own way through this. I've never done that to you. You're right. It's none of my business. I'm very sorry. Okay. She goes over to him and kisses him. Will, you're a part of our family. All of you are. Excuse me for one second. Will leaves them. The others watch him go. Choi, eat. Choi doesn't need to be asked twice. As Will walks away alone, things for a moment are creeping back toward normal. Tommy raises a timid hand. Is there more wine? I'll open some. Hallelujah. I would like a morphine drip, if possible. Interior, washroom. Will enters a small powder room. He seems to be on the verge of a breakdown. The tight space only magnifies his breathing. The water is running in the sink. He leans down, splashing handful after handful of water onto his face. There's a violence to it. A flash. A smaller pair of hands held in his, rubbing soap together. Keep washing. Ten seconds at least. Interior hallway. Same. Will opens the door, moves into the hallway. Looks down the hall toward the light and the sound of his friends talking. And quickly, Kira stands up. He hadn't seen her, sitting back to the hallway wall. They stand, looking at each other for a long moment. He goes the other way, out onto the deck. She follows him. Exterior deck, continuous. Let go of it. We're with our friends. We're fine. Just breathe. It's okay. He doesn't respond. What's going on? What have you been seeing? We should go. Let's go then. Let's just get out of here. I can't. 
What do you mean you... She shakes her head. I don't know how to do this. You can't go, and you can't stay. I'm just... I'm just... Kira, I'm not okay. He gestures to the other room, trailing off. I'm, I'm not. These people care about you, Will. Eden wanted you here to try to break through to you. Maybe it's good this has come out. Maybe... It isn't good. This is not good. You need help, Will, and... I've had help. It doesn't work. Nothing works. He looks away from her for a long moment. My son is dead. Where do I put that? I don't know. Neither do I. There's no way to fix it. It's like a scream trapped inside of me. And there's no changing the fact that I wasn't watching carefully enough that day. She comes closer to him, tentatively. You couldn't have known. You couldn't be looking out for that. You just can't expect that of yourself. What happened to your son wasn't anything that could be predicted or changed or... It just happened. I can't live with that. I can't. Another kid. I can't even feel... Ty loved him. They were just playing. Just messing around. I shouldn't have let them have the bat. But he's just a kid. So I can't even... I can't... It was just a kid. I'm scared for you. I really am. I want to help. Just let me. I've been waiting to die since the moment it happened. A long moment. Moving forward isn't a betrayal. Look at Eden. That's what letting go looks like. You aren't letting him go. I'd never ask you to. You know that. We can help each other. That's the only answer. It's worth living. Please just let me help. I love you, Kira. But I don't think you can help. That hurts so much. Well, every time you say that, I've tried so hard. (laughs) Nothing works, but I keep trying. I'm sorry. Kira shakes her head. She looks very alone. She starts to say something else, but can't put it together. She leaves, gone quickly, back to the others. From far away. We see Will leaning against the railing, looking out into the night. It's quiet, only the sound of a gentle wind, muted voices of people inside. In the distance, the whole of the L.A. basin is spread out before him, a net of lights. We notice that there's another sound, a faint rustling in the brush far below. Will doesn't react. He doesn't seem to hear it. We move down very slowly to reveal Claire. Her body is twisted her face streaked with blood. She lies tangled in the brush at the corner of the house, barely alive. Will on the deck is above her. Claire opens her mouth, but she can't make a sound. All she can manage is a twitch of her finger against the brush. Her eyes are wide with panic. She's very near death. Above, Will composes himself, takes a last look out. Unable to hear Claire, 
he turns and walks back inside. Interior dining room. Continuous. As Will enters the dining room, Eden is cutting up the birthday cake with a long knife. She looks up at him. Only a few others meet his glance. Choi is eating away. Hi, Will. Will nods. He looks ashamed. I'm so sorry. His words hang. An uncomfortable pause as he looks around the room at everyone. Finally, he turns to Eden. Can I look at his room? Eden glances briefly at David, then nods to Will. Of course. Interior hallway, downstairs, continuous. Will walks to the door that leads to the study, the room he wouldn't go inside. Now he does. Interior study, continuous. He locks the door behind him. He sinks down against the door, sitting on the floor. He closes his eyes, opens them again. A flash, the room as it was, a child's room, in the blinding sunlight. The same point of view, the room as it is now. A tidy, well-kept study. All traces of his son, erased. Another flash, his son, sleeping. God, oh God, God. Flash. Will looks at his sleeping child. The boy opens his eyes slowly, recognizing his dad, smiling. Will puts his head in his hands. He breathes. Muffled but loud laughter can be heard from down the hall. Will looks up and sees David walk past the window, across the backyard. Will gets up slowly and goes to the window craning his neck to see into the yard, through the window. We see that David is standing at the far end of the yard, looking out over the city. He has a long match, is lighting something. It's a decorative red lantern. David finishes lighting it, replaces the glass, and looks at the light for a moment. Then he looks out into the canyon, breathing in the night air. David walks away around the other side of the house, in the room close on Will. He looks around the room, searching, opening drawers. His eyes fall on David's laptop. He opens it. He can't stop now. On the screen, an image of Dr. Joseph. Still very good looking, but it looks like he hasn't slept in days. There's a glass of wine in front of him. He looks very calm in front of the laptop. Will turns the volume down, leaning forward to hear. On the video, Joseph begins to speak. He is hypnotic. He is speaking directly to Will, to us. I know you have doubts. Skepticism can be contagious. I wouldn't have known either. Before I saw the new truth and I shared it with you, I would not have believed. But it was revealed so clearly. Remember the reward. This beautiful moment is upon us. Tonight is the night. Our faith is made real. There's a sudden, loud knock on the door. A voice from the hallway. Hey, Will. You in there? But Will is transfixed by what is on the screen. Remember that God is great, and that our pain will be sanctified, and that we will be made whole again. You 
are giving a gift. Each one you gather to us increases your blessing. They'll rejoice to be with us. The hardest thing is starting. Just take that step. Believe. Give yourself over. The knocking, even louder now, rattling the door. Pruitt's voice is shedding any cover of the collegial. It's forceful. Will, let's go. Everyone is waiting for you. On screen, Joseph raises the glass. Tears stream down his cheeks, but he's smiling. I love you. I love you so much, my heart is breaking. I can't wait to see you. To meet our new brothers and sisters. We'll all be together soon. I'm waiting for you. The screen goes black. The knocking is now a pounding. Will is still transfixed. The pounding is louder and louder. We cut to interior hallway. The door opens. Pruitt and Will stand face to face. A long moment as they look at each other. Pruitt puts a hand on his shoulder, gently but firmly. Okay. He walks Will back toward the dining room, standing close behind him. Will walks in front of him, up the stairs. Pruitt seems giant to us. Interior. The dining room. All heads turn to see Will. He takes his seat with everybody. Now that everyone is here, David stands to give a toast. A piercing sound is rising. Will is struggling. We focus on the drinks on the crystal decanter filled with port, on the fancy glasses in front of them. Everyone, please take each other's hands. Slowly, a few of them comply. David raises his glass. We all know pain. Let's transform it into something pure and good. I wanted, we wanted all of us to be together. Eden's hand is shaking as she pours the port. Look around at who is with you. I'm so glad to be with you all right now. To a better world to come. To peace. Back and forth between Will, the drinks, their faces, the port in its decanter splashing out. They reach for their drinks. We watch Will. The piercing sound rises and rises. Will stands up. Don't drink it. Don't fucking touch it. What are you doing? Easy, man. Will? You need to calm down. Will, that's enough. Will is on his feet. He's slapping drinks out of hands. Wine spills everywhere. Pruitt is on his feet to stop him. Don't drink it. This is wrong. This is wrong. Tommy gets up as well. Will? Will? You need to calm down. Will makes a move towards someone else, Will. but he's grabbed by Pruitt and held. We have to get out of here. We have to get out of here. Get yourself under control. You need to calm down. Eden just looks at Will. Well, I'm sorry. I know it's hard. Please, just be quiet. Pruitt, let him go. Slowly, Pruitt moves away from Will. Well, anybody want me to go get their coat? Because I'm... Yeah. Let's go. Okay. Yes. 
Eden just watches, a hand over her mouth. David takes her other hand. His intensity is strange. Everyone sit back down and relax. Let's just go back to where we were. Let's just forget about this and have a drink. A laugh escapes from someone at the table. (laughs) Great, Martin. Wow. David is still staring down at the table. We notice that Sadie is glaring at Will, distraught and angry. Just take your drinks and we can move on. Let's drink together, please, and and it'll be alright. Do not drink that. Sadie stands up abruptly. You ruined it. You're fucking ruining everything. She charges Will, clawing at him wildly, out of control. Will puts his arms up to defend himself. They collide, Will moving out of the way, lashing out at her. She loses her balance, shrinking, and her head slams into a corner of the banquet with a sickening, wet crack. Silence. Oh my god. Sadie is crumpled on the floor. Miguel is the first to get her. He bends over her, checking on her. A long, slow moment. Surreal and quiet. Kira stares at Will. So does Eden. What did you do, Will? David is slowly shaking his head. He meets eyes with Pruitt. Pruitt forces the shocked Will into a chair. All other eyes are on Miguel, who gently handles Sadie, rolling her over. We focus on his efforts. Sadie's eyes are wide open, but she's unresponsive. Her mouth is silently mouthing words. Blood drips onto the floor from her temple. Call 911, right now. Ben fumbles with his phone. Eden starts backing away. David stops her, a hand on her arm. Close on Miguel, as he works on Sadie. What are we going to do? Just be calm. Do you have a first aid kit? Miguel looks into Sadie's eyes, reaching back for a cloth napkin to stop the bleeding. She's not breathing. She's not breathing. No, she's breathing. Not Sadie. Gina. Miguel turns. Gina is slumped in her chair, her empty glass on the floor next to her. Her eyes are wide open. Choi scrambles around the table. Gina? Baby? Miguel leaves Sadie, moves over to Gina. What's going on? Everyone is stunned. Frozen or backing slowly away, Kira is the first to snap out of it. She helps Miguel get Gina out of the chair and onto the floor. Miguel checks her pulse and breathing, starts CPR. What's happening? What's happening? With Will. Gina. Gina. He tries to get out of his chair, but Pruitt is holding him down. Ben, behind them, can't seem to get 911 on the phone. I can't get a signal. Somebody else try. Very quietly, David starts whispering what sounds like a prayer. Pruitt joins him, pressing down on Will's shoulders. Oh, glory to God. Low angle on Miguel. Miguel starts to give Gina mouth to mouth. He breathes into her. He starts compressions. In the background, Sadie squirms on the floor, starting to stir. The room is quiet, except for the prayers. Miguel bends forward for another breath. A loud, sharp crack. Miguel's body splays violently forward onto Gina. Behind him, David, clutching a snub-nosed pistol, smoke curling from the barrel. In the room, shock. An eerie moment of paralysis. No one can process what's happening. Even David, mouth wide open, seems shocked at what he's done. 
But then, he starts to turn the gun toward the others, and the room erupts. Chaos. Will kicking himself out of the chair, Choi diving behind the table, Pruitt shouting something strangled and triumphant. Tommy charges at David, a horrifying shriek. Sadie, blood smeared across her temple, mouth an inhuman gash, meets Tommy mid-stride. She has a knife from the table. She slashes him across the chest, blood spurting out of a deep gash. Tommy falls over a chair. Sadie slips on Miguel's blood and clatters on the floor. Now everyone is screaming. Choi is running toward the door opposite the stairs. Choi, no! Pruitt rushes after him, David behind him, knocking chairs over. David shouts something guttural, unintelligible. Pruitt drags Choi to the floor. Sadie is already plunging the knife into Gina, on Kira. Watching this in horror, her hands in front of her palms up defensively. Will's hand on her arm. They meet eyes. She's in shock. Kira. And they run. Will pushing her in front of him, stumbling toward the stairs. It's the only place they can go. In the background, Pruitt, knees pinning Choi to the floor, takes the gun away from David and points it at Choi's writhing form. He fires. Interior stairwell. Kira races down the stairs, Will just behind her, hand on her back, pushing her. Ben is right behind them. Bottom of the stairs. Kira runs to the right, Will behind her. Ben bolts down the opposite hallway toward the master bedroom. Ben! Ben, this way! But Ben keeps going. On Kira and Will running down the hallway. Her voice is a garbled cry as she tries the first door. Locked! It's locked! He pulls her away and they run toward the last door at the end of the hall, past the stairs. A rush of footsteps motion from behind them. Sadie, shrieking, slams into them. A mess of panicked, violent motion in the cramped space of the hallway. Kira knocked to the ground, Sadie slashing with her knife, Will trying to fend her off. Will lands a hard blow and he and Kira manage to break free, running down the hall to the door. Chaos. They open it, get inside. Through the closing door, a sliver of Sadie running toward them. In the room. Utter darkness. Try to find a light, Kira. Trying. Oh, God. Trying. Kira. The sound of them fumbling for a light. (laughs) They are just black shapes against a deeper blackness to us. A small light appears in Will's hand, his cell phone. He throws it on top of a heavy, bulky shape, a dresser. Groaning with the strain, he pulls the dresser away from the wall and in front of the door, barricading it. A thump right behind him. The door slamming against the barricade. An incoherent screaming, guttural, animal, outside the door. It must be Sadie. It's behind something. The light. Boxes are stacked to the ceiling, the room packed with them. Everything from his and Ty's old life. Sadie scratches and claws at the door. A lower moaning. Kira goes to the window and breaks the glass, trying to find a release for the bars that block their exit. Outside, a crashing sound of shattered glass. Through the window, we see Ben. He's thrown a chair through the locked plate glass door. Injured, panicked, he limps hurriedly across the floodlit backyard. David emerges, chasing after the fleeing Ben, dragging him down from behind. Instantly on top of him, David stabs Ben repeatedly. Pruitt appears, walking quickly up to them. Ben is saying something desperate, but we can't hear what it is. 
Pruitt shoots him. No. Back in the house, Kira clutches Will from behind, burying her head in his back. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Will is still looking out the window. Why is this happening? Kira. Outside in the yard, David and Pruitt are standing over Ben's body. Back in the house, Will ducks away from the window, pulling Kira down with him. The next conversation is rushed, jumbled. We can't just wait here for them to come. He has a gun. How do we get out? How do we get out? Will holds her head in his hands. We have to get ready. We have to do whatever it takes. They're just people. We'll fight. We'll fight. They look at each other for a long time. Kira's voice is cracking. I'll help you. I know you will. Kira nods at Will, her fists clenched, her knees shaky. Will pushes the dresser aside enough to get through the door. Will puts his hand on the door. Let me go first. He breathes in a few times. They yank open the door. Interior hallway, continuous. Sadie is gone. Will and Kira move forward, trying to control their breathing as they move toward the stairs. Interior hallway slash kitchen alcove, continuous. Voices can be heard right around the corner. Will stops Kira. The two pause outside the kitchen entrance under the stairs, listening. It's right. We were supposed to just go to sleep and go there together. It wasn't supposed to be like this. Will peers around the corner, looking for the voices. Interior kitchen. David holds Eden by the shoulders, trying to calm her. She's frantic, her entire body clenched. Be quiet. In a minute, we 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 just have we just have to. Supposed to be like this. We just have to finish. It'll be quiet then. And we can rest just one step at a time. We have to finish it, honey. We have to finish it so we can rest. No, I can't. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Come help me. This is wrong. This is is wrong. Dr. Joseph said it would be hard. But remember, we're chosen. We're chosen for this. This is wrong. It's right. We are leaving here. This is how we stop hurting. The only way. That's not what he said. He said... He said this is the only way to be free. All this pain, all this shit stays behind here. It stays behind. He calms a bit, looking at her, intimate. You can do this. We can still get there. David exits the kitchen. Eden remains for a second. Then she follows him. In the hallway, continuous, Will and Kira hide just inside the door to the kitchen as David and Eden head toward the master bedroom. Will and Kira emerge into the hallway beneath the stairs. Will points up, whispers, There's a door to the garage, up there. They creep around the base of the stairs. Suddenly a sound, a raspy intake of breath. 
We move around them to see Sadie, facing away, splayed out on a chair. She is smeared in blood. Will and Kira are frozen. Her head rolls to the side. She looks at them without seemingly recognizing them. She seems confused, stunned. One hand rubs at the sticky mat of hair and blood on the back of her head. In her other limply hanging hand, a fireplace poker. The three just look at each other. We can hear their breathing. And Will reaches over and takes the poker from her. Sadie offers no resistance, just stares into his eyes. Will and Kira back away, then hurry quietly upstairs into the dining room. The music is still playing, some plates still set on the table, others broken on the floor. Gina under the table, Miguel face down, no sounds of anyone moving. They move through the double doors into the screening room. Will and Kira come into the large, paneled screening room. To their left in the hallway, Choi's legs splayed out. They can't look. They continue into the room. There's a door at the back. To the left of the screen, they run to it. But it isn't a door anymore. It has been sealed in the renovation and is just a faint outline. He puts his forehead against it, speaks half to Kira, half to himself. Look for keys. Something to open the windows. Something. Kira goes to the long window, high up on the wall, pulling at the bars. They are solid. Right outside is the street. No way to get there. We could signal someone. We could try... Kira leaves the window, starts desperately tearing through the cabinets that line one wall. She keeps glancing back into the house. We could signal someone. We could try... No one is coming. We could signal someone. Kira reaches to the highest shelf. There's something there. She pulls down a box of bullets. A box of bullets, but no gun. Well, well, well... She holds the box up. His eyes widen. Where is it? Will goes to her, helping her look. Kira slides to another cabinet, opening it. She glances over her shoulder, out into the house. Now Pruitt is coming, approaching through the dining room. Well... Pruitt holds the gun in his hand, walking toward them, unhurried. Will grabs the fireplace poker, pushes Kira behind the screening room chairs. Pruitt closes on them. Will throws the poker at Pruitt. It hits Pruitt, causing him to drop the gun. Will charges him, but Pruitt grabs Will, throws him into the wall, and wrestles him into a chokehold. Kira attacks Pruitt, but he bats her away. She hits the floor. Will is almost able to struggle free, but Pruitt corrals him, squeezing his arm tighter around his neck. He kicks the gun out of the room. In the background, Kira is trying to crawl into the dining room. Will... Let go. There's a plan for us. Will struggles against Pruitt, trying to hit out or kick him. It's useless. Pruitt speaks in a close, feverish whisper. 
punches loose strength as he gasps for air. I promise. But Kira appears behind them. She smashes a bottle of wine into the side of Pruitt's face. Pruitt reels back, releasing Will. Will falls to his knees, Pruitt falling behind him. Pruitt tries to rise. His cheek has been ripped open by the glass. His nose, broken, shoved grotesquely to one side. Kira brings the bottle down onto Prude again and again until it's over. Finally, she drops the bottle, slumps over. She and Will look at each other for a long, desperate moment, grateful. They help each other toward the stairs. But Eden appears in the dining room. She seems dazed, out of control. She picks up the gun. Kira sees her before Will does. Will! Eden holds the gun out and fires, recoiling. A pink mist of blood in the air as Will falls out of frame in the dining room. Eden looks at the gun, almost in surprise. In the screening room, Will lies on the floor, holding the side of his neck near the shoulder blood seeping through his fingers. Kira stands up, hands forward. Eden looks at the gun, at Will, and at Kira. Kira takes a step toward her, across the room. Eden breathes in sharply. It's as though she's waking up from a dream. Eden points the gun into her own chest. She pulls the trigger. Her body folds around the gun. Acrid, bluish smoke clings to the air. Jesus! Oh, Jesus! Stop it! Stop! Eden lies on the floor, mouth and eyes wide open. Thick blood is soaking through her dress as she puts her hand on the wound, writhing in pain. In the dining room, Kira stands, lost. She blinks, clearing her eyes, seems to regain herself. Kira bends over Will, he looks up at her. Through his eyes, everything is clear now. Lucid. We slide back and forth. His point of view. Hers. She presses her hands on top of his. His blood on her hands. She speaks very close to him, desperate. I need you. I need you, Will. We're not going to die like this. He's alive. He's breathing, looking up at her. We can get through this. We can get through this. She nods. We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it. A voice from somewhere in the house. Eden? Eden? You have to get the gun. Kira scrambles toward where Eden lies, toward the revolver, out into the house foyer slash kitchen. David moves slowly through the main part of the house, past the front door. We find Tommy, hiding in the kitchen, wounded. He gathers himself, in pain. David passes by the kitchen, calling out again. Eden? Eden? Dining room. 
Will is pushing himself up now, shouting. She shot herself, David. The voice is close, but David can't be seen. Good. That's good. She's... She's with them now. We have a gun. Kira hunched over, looking out, runs back to Will and past him. She falls to her knees next to the couch, hands shaking, picking up the box of bullets she found. Kira. Kira. It's empty. It's empty. She breaks open the cylinder. David comes into view at the bottom of the stairs. He has a gun. It's time now. It's okay. David, don't do it. He raises the gun as he climbs the stairs. Kira is still trying to get bullets into the cylinder, and Tommy is behind David, staggering toward him, wounded, something in his hand. But David has heard his gasping breaths. He turns toward Tommy. Stairwell, base of the stairs. David cries out and collapses on top of Tommy, both tumbling down the stairs. The two roll on the ground, David trying to choke Tommy, Tommy forcing his hands away. Shoes and limbs thump violently against the walls and floor as the two of them struggle brutally. Finally, the struggle stops. Tommy pries himself loose. David has gone slack. There's a knife in his belly. Tommy pushes himself away from the body. Silence. Then Will makes his way down the stairs, goes into David's pockets to find the keys. Tommy leans against the wall. Who's... who's still... Sadie, I think. Tommy and Will can see Sadie from where they are. She's slumped over, dead. She's dead. Will goes back up the stairs. Dining room, continuous. Will goes to Eden, who lies curled around herself on the floor. There's a thick smear of blood behind her. She has tried to drag herself away. Eden is lying on her back. Blood covers her dress. She looks up at Will and manages an affectionate, melancholy smile. It is discordant, from a different time. Will bends down next to her. There's a scorched wound in her chest. Nothing can be done. Eden. Eden. Eden gazes for a long moment into Will's eyes. I miss him. Will. I miss him so much. Tears run down her cheeks. I believed. I wanted to believe. She's interrupted by a horrible, wet cough. There's not much more she can manage. Will takes her hand, presses it to his mouth. He shakes his head. He whispers something that sounds like, Goodbye. 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 Will you take me outside? He nods, carefully, awkwardly trying to pick her up. It is very difficult. A little way away. Kira watches as Will struggles to pick her up. 
still trying to comprehend what has happened. Kira's instinct draws her forward. She goes to Will. She helps him to carry Eden. Exterior backyard below. Moments later, Will and Kira carry Eden to the yard. Eden keeps her eyes on Will's, something innocent and overwhelmed in her eyes. They gently put her down. Eden looks up into the sky. Will sinks down beside her, holding her hand. She's in terrible pain, but she seems relieved to be outside, grateful for the night air, this view that will be her last. Her breathing grows labored, She lets go of his hand, turns her head to gaze out at the city, to die. Will stands. Tommy has followed them outside, stands next to Kira. They raise their eyes to Will's approach. He comes to them. Silently, the three hold each other for a moment. I have to go get Miguel. Tommy. She goes to him putting her arms around him. Tommy. Tommy's starting to cry. <laughs> we'll meet you on the road, okay? Tommy nods and walks back into the house, around the corner, where one streak of glistening blood on the wall is the only indication of what waits there. On the other side of the deck, Will and Kira notice that the red light the lantern Will saw David light is still shining brightly, undisturbed. Something draws Will to it. He looks at it for a moment, moving closer. Oh my god. As the camera rises behind them, Kira sees it too. Among the lights of the houses on the hills, shining brightly, at least a dozen of the same red lanterns. They are everywhere. Close on Will and Kira's hands, touching, grasping each other tightly. Sounds are now filtering up toward them. Faraway sirens. Visible now are lights of police cars, of ambulances, flashing in all directions through the city the chopping sounds of helicopters. Kira, stay with me. She nods. No matter what. The wind rustles the trees. Something cries out far in the distance. A man or an animal. Another. Still holding hands, Will and Kira stare out at the red lanterns. So many red lights. The view is still quite beautiful.
to black.